Hey everybody, welcome to episode 90 of Outspoken. My name is Justin White. Um, I hope everybody's doing okay. Things are weird, this is the weirdest it's ever been in my life. And um, I've been hearing a lot of people say the same. Uh, it's surreal, time is doing weird things. Um, I'm sure all of our minds are doing weird things with so much time to reflect and speculate and ruminate and all of the other things that we do up there. Um, I hope you're doing it in a way that's healthy for you. I've been struggling with that, frankly. I've been feeling really overwhelmed by uh, my feelings and by uh, what just feels like a, a bleakness uh, overshadowing the future. Uh, not just my future, but the future. Um, so, and I think a lot of people are feeling that as well. And I have a lot of faith in the human spirit and in their perseverance and resourcefulness and the ability to come together as a community. Um, I think right now we're seeing a chance for that like we've never seen before. I never have in my life. Um, I think it's really vital that we take advantage of it now in whatever way we can. Everybody come together. Everybody who wants to make the world a better place to live in, please come together and uh, let's do that. Okay, so my guest this week is a dear friend uh, whom I've known for, I don't know, uh, 10 to 12 to 13 to 14 years. I, I'm, I lost track, maybe 10 years. And uh, I met her. She is the wife of another very dear friend who I've known for 20 years, 25 years, 23 years, uh, who's also been on the show. It's episode 72, I believe, Robin. And um, anyway, Dana's from Michigan, as am I. So we had sort of an immediate connection there. And then uh, Robin is from California. But he went to Michigan for a spell and lived there and uh, met Dana while he was there. And they lived there for a while together, sort of, or he went back and forth and then they both moved back here. And then they lived here for a long time and it was great in LA. I could see them once in a while. And then they moved back to Michigan and they've been there the last couple of years, a couple few. And that's great for them, I think. Good and bad, maybe. Not so great for me because I never see him, especially now. But anyway... Dana is a great friend. She's uh, weird in my favorite kind of way. She's honest always uh, from the second I've met her. And I love that quality in a person. And uh, let's listen to this weird sound and then let's talk to Dana. Only if you want to. I mean, we could talk yeah. about anything. We could talk about dogs or uh, you know, <laughs> well, Michigan. I'm taking classes right now to become a school social worker. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's good a good time. adaptation. It was a good idea until, you know, COVID hit. And now, at least in oh, Michigan, shit. they have reduced the um, school budget 25%. 
And I was going to get into autism and they have reduced that budget also by 25%. So I'm like, eh. Must be great. Must be great to be right next to DeVos and her idiot decisions. Yikes. Well, so does that mean you have like, you're unable to like some of the courses won't be available or what does it mean? If no, the I will take the courses and I'll finish and I'll get my little certificate bullshit. Okay. Can I swear on here? Is that all right or no? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The um, more the better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like there's a high chance I may not get hired. Like sometimes they'll do hiring freezes or like right now they're firing people, you know, or laying them off. Right. So, um, I don't know. But- I mean, I'm crossing my fingers. But ideally, you want to, you would like to end up working in a school as the social worker. Yeah, um, I, you know, there's a lot of different things a social worker can do in a school. I, I'm hoping to maybe work with kids who have autism. Cool. Is yeah. there a reason you, specifically that you're that that interests you? I really like chronic, like mental health or like developmental kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's really interesting. Um, I tend to like human beings better who like have to struggle with these things that quote unquote make them different, you know? Uh-huh. I, and I didn't like naturally come to that or anything. It was more like I started working with people who had chronic mental illnesses and then, and then cerebral palsy and then developmental delays and I'm like oh no you're my people (laughs) like I love you you're great like the people who you know normally on the street you cross the street to get away from because they're talking to themselves or something it's like if you see them in a different kind of setting they're just brilliant and so beautiful and in so much pain too but I don't know yeah that's cool yeah they're they're the most stimulating kind of people I've ever met. And autism, I feel, I don't know, I feel very connected to people with autism for some reason, maybe because of my hearing. Um, they actually say people with hearing loss exhibit a lot of similar symptoms to people with autism. I'm not exactly sure why, but um, huh. I know it's strange. But That is strange. Like one thing for me, like I'm hard of hearing, I can't eavesdrop. <laughs> Right. But, and that's a big thing. Like, I remember as a kid, like, you know, my cousin's wanting to play, like, detective or, like, you know, or they're like, oh, did you hear what this person said? And I'm always like, no, I didn't hear it. And then, you know, come up with this judgment about a person because of what they heard. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I feel that way. (laughs) You know, it's like, no. Right. So I think as a kid, that's something that, you know, by overhearing people, you know, you start to make judgments more and maybe I just didn't judge people until a little bit later or something. I don't know. That's really interesting. I never had considered that, that, that eavesdropping was, was more than just a way to get like gossip fodder. You know, it's, a, it was actually like a developmental necessity on well, some level. Gossiping is a developmental thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Kids don't do that naturally. Right. Well, I guess that's what I was thinking is like when you were a kid, like that's not, that wouldn't be the reason to eavesdrop, but you're just, your curiosity probably gets the better of you. But what if, but it must've been such a shitty feeling to be left out all the time. Like, no, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't like in classes and in with your friends and 
siblings and whatever, you know, wasn't that really a challenge? Well, I think again, like, and again, maybe I do have like some slight like level of autism or spectrum or whatever, but like as a kid, I, I never understood it. And I'm very much like my dad in that way. There's this like naivety, like I call it stupid. <laughs> like, there's a stupid <laughs> part of me where I'm like, I just don't get it. And so for such a long time, I was just like, whatever like oh that's the way this person is that's the way this person is like this is the way I am it's not a big deal you know and because I think also I never experienced it it's not like I I experienced it and then I lost it so I understood right I was like okay like I just don't get it it's like surround sound right (laughs) I do not get it Because it doesn't work for you, right? No. I remember going to like the movie theater when they first got surround sound. And afterwards, everyone was blown away. Like, they were like, that was so amazing. It was like, and I was like, that was just really loud. (laughs) I was like, I don't get it. And wonky. It made the sound kind of warpy for me. Oh, weird. Yeah. Do you remember what movie you saw? No, I don't. I wish I did. It was something loud, though. Yeah, some big action thriller or yeah, something. Wow. Wow, that's weird. So then, but so when you say you didn't, you don't get it, you're referring only to the like the auditory experience of it? Or are you, are you also saying as a result of that, you didn't get like the content of things, of discussions and the meaning of? Hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely elements that I miss. Like, I don't think that I, I wasn't, like educationally I did fine, you know, and, um, like I, socially I was, I was great. Like, I mean, I was fine. You know, I was a normal kid, I guess. Okay. Um, I had friends. I didn't have trouble making friends. I always kind of made friends with like the outcasty kids. <laughs> but yeah. like, um, yeah, I think there were certain social cues I didn't understand. And I think Part of it was definitely based on that. Okay. I don't know. And did you have help from, like, when you met new friends, did you tell them right away? Like, I can't hear out of this ear and you need to be on this side of me. And Yeah. It had to come up pretty quickly because I can't, like, even to this day, like, you know, my friends are... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always, like, doing some weird, funny dance around them when we're walking together, you know? Right. And, um... You know, I walk, I walk with my friend every day. We do like five to 10 miles around Detroit. And, um, that's cool. Yeah. Right now you mean like pre- presently that's your, yes, regimen? You. the COVID it's like the COVID walk. That's amazing. Five to 10 miles. That's yeah. awesome. Sometimes more. It's great. I mean, it's so cool to like walk around the city. I bet. Like most people I think wouldn't really be down to do, but like, I'd be into that for sure. Yeah, you would. It's, I mean, it's, I can't, I don't even know. I can't put words to it. It's, it's been such like a amazing, like therapeutic healing process. This, this COVID I'm really, 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 really happy. I have that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Just even even, then, just, oh, I'm sorry. What's that? I said, even then I'm always, we're always doing this funny dance about like, so I can hear her. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I must be on your left uh-huh, exactly. or whichever it is. I forget. Is it your right ear? That's. My well, yeah, my left ear is deaf. Right. So I need to get my left. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guessed correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. Can you, what else? Can you tell me more about your your childhood in Michigan and and um, just anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, like up until puberty, like I think my childhood was pretty. I was a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. I mean, looking back, I you know it is more like oh, like I wasn't a cool kid, you know. Like, <laughs> Did you think you were cool at the time, or you, you just know, didn't that, that think about it? That didn't really come to me. I just was happy, and I yeah. was like, and I was free, and I would do what I want, and I would stick up for people, and I would like stick up for myself, and I mean to a certain extent, but like, right. you know, I had this one friend. And I went to, I went to Catholic schools all through grade school and high school. And like, I had this friend in grade school and she like, she had, she needed some special education stuff. And the principal was just like, to my mom, she was like, look, I know Dana doesn't need special education. She's like totally like above average, but like, you know, Jeanette needs this. Like, would it be okay if I put Dana in the special education class with her just so she had a friend? Wow. And my mom was like, yeah, I guess so. And so I was in the special education class. But, like, I think because of that, I was stereotyped as being stupid or whatever, which is dumb because Jeanette wasn't stupid either. Like, right. Jeanette was a phenomenal person. And, um, you know, but, like, I didn't get it. And I, it's like, and I was, you know, sometimes I'd wonder, like, there were – there were 20 guys and 10 girls in my class throughout grade school. And like, you know, I was friends with four of these girls and then the, the other ones were like in their group and it just didn't really cross over as a kid. Like, you know, and I just, I didn't ever think about that really until I started like hit puberty and then it kind of changed. I think, I think I like, I started to understand that I was weird. Right. That the label actually meant something now. Yeah, that there's yeah, that there's meaning to that. Before I just didn't connect the two. <laughs> what how what age were you when you were when you were put in the special ed class? <sighs> like third grade maybe. Right. Okay. Like third so way grade. way before you could have like had a thoughtful conversation about it and yeah. made the decision yourself. Yeah. But the thing is I would have I would have wanted to go with Jeanette. Yeah. So your mom probably knew that. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that your mom did that. Like she wasn't concerned about the stigma, although who knows ultimately if that was, you know, came back to bite you in a, you know. um, I don't regret that. Like I don't look back and think, like I don't, I don't talk to anyone in my grade school anymore. No, not even Jeanette? No, she moved away. Okay. Yeah, she moved away. She got in the army, and last time I heard, she was living in Germany. Wow. Yeah. Do you keep track? Do you keep in touch with some of your old friends from? No. No, nobody. Nope. New life. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Was there when you left? Well, I, I mean, say you can say as much as you want about the the reasons for leaving Michigan, but when you left. Um, was there a sense of like, I mean, I'm sure there's a sense of starting over or I'm maybe I shouldn't assume that, but was there like a f- sense of escaping in some, Oh hell yeah. In some regard? Yeah. I mean, the first time I left or left Detroit I, or Dearborn, 
I moved to New York and it was the first time in like my, you know, semi-adult life, you know, that I felt like, oh, maybe I actually do belong on this planet. Oh, wow. Yeah. When you got to New York, you mean? Yeah. There was like, I'm like, there's people who I don't feel so disconnected from here. Right. That's kind of how I felt when I got to San Francisco. I was like, finally, I don't have yeah. to fake it all the all of the time. Just I, some, you know. Yeah. I was more like, I'm gonna have to kill myself. Like, oh, wow. I hate my life. I mean, I like people are so like different from me here that I'm like, this is just awful all the time. Like, I I can't connect to anyone. You're and, talking about like high school years or junior high and up. Or yeah, what? I mean, even into college, it was like I did have one good friend in college. Um, but like, um, it was just really painful emotionally. I think that I probably needed some mental health, like help as well that I never really got. There's a lot of stigma in my family about, which is hilarious because there is so much like mental health issues, like, <laughs> you know, but. Right. Um, but don't talk about it. Don't talk about it and nothing's wrong. Right. Like, throw some money on it. That's my family. But. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I don't know. I think the East coast there's, you know, same with the West coast. There's, it's a little bit more, it's more liberal. People I think are a little bit more open. The Midwest, it's like my experience anyway, has pretty much always been, it's like my way or nowhere. Like you're wrong. And it's like, this is my opinion and you're wrong. Right. And it's like, um, because I've always stayed in my opinion and, and been expecting people to be like, just listen to me and hear me. You don't have to agree with me. And right. I, a lot of the things that I believe, I'm like, God, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, but it's still my opinion. Yeah. And you should be able to, to have it and express it. Yeah. And I want to hear other people's opinions too. Yeah. And not just be berated for having the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, you know, people talk about the Midwest as being, you know, so, um, I don't know, what's the, the, it's just such a, like, heart, it's the heartland, it's like this virtuous, you know, hardworking, honest, all this bullshit. And I think some of that is true, but it's only if you are also exactly like that, like that, you'll be accepted with open arms if you're just like, the, the ones around you. Yeah. yeah but there's not a there's not a lot of uh open-mindedness except in the little pockets like the college towns and um which you i feel very like. lucky to have grown up in because it changed wow. everything you know yeah to be to be in ann arbor versus like yeah. dexter or whatever like the oh, neighboring right. farm towns yeah for sure um it changes your whole outlook yeah so my experience in Michigan was actually pretty great, but I, but it still felt, I mean, it probably would have felt like that anywhere, but I was definitely ready to leave when, I, you know, and I hold fond memories of it. Um, but it's, I don't know, it, it, like, I think the culture and the, and the political culture are both still a little too stifled for me. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's challenging living here for sure yeah i can imagine and you guys are out in the sticks right so you have like a different element i mean compared to downtown detroit you guys uh, are well i mean we're a mile from downtown 
which but, doesn't sound like much, but the way the the yeah. terrain changes right. immediately yeah. outside the metropolis. Well, I mean, it's weird. Detroit is so bizarre in terms of like a city. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say like most of the people who live in Detroit are pretty liberal. You know, I mean, Michigan is pretty, pretty often a democratic state. It's like a swing state, but like it's, well, it was blue forever. It was. It yeah. wasn't even. Wasn't even a swing state until the last one. Right. So I mean, but I think you know there still are a lot of of pretty liberal people. I I would say, you know, the trend is more liberal in Detroit. Um, there's not. You know, I'm not seeing any Confederate flags or anything like that around here. But, right. But they're more like liberal libertarians. Like they want to. They want to. They want you to mind your own business, and they want to do what they want to do. But at least it's a little more left-leaning than the super conservative nuts. But Michigan has a lot of those too. Yeah, we're known got the militias up north and uh, probably throughout. Yeah. yeah. How many How many guns do you think there are in the state of Michigan? I don't know. I think my dad probably has over a thousand. That's my guess. Like, a thousand? Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm way over exaggerating. That's an insane number. <laughs> but I think he probably has over a hundred. That's pretty nuts too. I know. Is he a, he's, is he a, would you call him a gun nut or would you just yeah. say he's, he yeah, is. you would. I would call him a gun nut, but I, yeah, I mean, in the way that any fucking, oops, sorry, Republican is, you know, Okay. Like, he's, it's just unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> well, in one year, you have a brother in the military, right? I do. So he's probably got a couple guns. He's got just, probably just, just as many as my dad. Yep. Yikes. Yeah, my um, little brother, same, I think, you know. And it's, you know, and also, you know, my family does hunt and um, and they like, they do use guns for sport. And, um, you know, hunting creeps me out, but also like so does, you know, meat production. It's way yeah. more than hunting. So I don't look at that. You know, my, my family hunts and they eat the deer they don't they don't go like trophy hunting they go deer hunting and then they they carve it all up and right eat it all year it's nice yeah it creeps me out too but i agree it's a, it's the much more natural way yeah. to do it i think it's and it i think even emotionally like or like karmically i think it's a way way better thing than getting a piece of beef from a grocery store like i don't know what that cow went through but i'm pretty sure it wasn't it wasn't good yeah you know that deer for the most part they go down quick if you're a good shot i think yeah the thing is too i mean yeah that's true but like but also i mean if if you're the you have to understand the the ecology the ecosystem that you're hunting within like if you're killing the wrong animal you could disrupt part of the chain that really messes it up you know or if you kill too many or I might always get to- always get the biggest buck. What are you doing to the, yeah. you know, the the uh, to Darwin's principle? If you're just okay. always taking out the yeah. best specimen, that's not what my family does. My family is like, just get what you can because they are yeah. good at hunting, and they're like, get it, <laughs> like yeah, you know. Well, and- the other thing, the the obje- the main objection I have to hunting is that I I can't I can't concede that it's a sport. I don't think there's anything sporting about it. I think that hunters have all the tools in their possession to, you know, just silently 
stalk and kill prey that never had a chance. But Justin, that, what is sport? What's that? What is sport? Like you're, I, well, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's much of a challenge in, in that other than just having to sit still for a long time. I don't think you're actually, it's not like you're pitted against the animal wit to wit. You're just sneaking up on somebody and executing. I don't, I don't see that as sporting. I think these deer are very witty. And well, and a lot of the times those ding dongs go up there and they don't come home with anything. Right. Whatever. I think I agree. I think that there's not two participants, you know, but I also look at sports. I look at football or I look at, you know, those things also are not like there's a lot of ethical issues within sports that I'm like, really, this is, you know, I don't know. I, for I, sure. I, sport in general is not like a super healthy thing. <laughs> no well sports fanaticism is certainly not healthy and i think a lot of sports themselves are really physically and emotionally unhealthy um but i'm just saying in terms of a like if you're going to call it a competition at least give gives the other party a chance you know mm -hmm. gives it give your opponent something to fight with or to you know at least let them know that they're a, a part of it before it's over so yeah. But I don't know. I'm not going to argue. I mean, people who hunt, hunt. They're not going to no. be convinced by my arguments. No, they're not. Yeah, I yeah. I, I guess I definitely struggled with it throughout my life because everyone in my family hunts but me. I have, I have four right. sons. Um, so You're sort of the quintessential black sheep, huh? Oh, you have, you have black like, sheep. Like, yeah, <laughs> but... Um, I also, I've come to terms with that because I, I just know I'm like, if you're a meat eater, like, honestly, I do. I think that anything that goes through a slaughterhouse had it way worse than any deer did, period. I don't care if they freaking limped off for three hours and died, like, suffering in the ground. Like, it's, I'd rather have that happen to me than go through a slaughterhouse. Right. But, you know. Do you eat meat? I do. How do you sort? How do you source your meat? Ah, uh, not, Should... not ethically. I mean, I could, you know, I try not to eat too much, but um, yeah, you know, and I, I'm I'm not trying to judge you because I I have the same ethical. Me. Well, no, I have I have I've had this ethical dilemma my entire life because I've just been an animal lover since the instant I arrived, and I also was raised eating meat. Yeah. And so it was a pretty natural part of the diet, I thought. And the only reason I stopped is when I moved to San Francisco, I had no money. So I was eating like peanut butter and tortillas and, you know, yeah, oh, wait, it wasn't the pita is like a flour tortilla. Okay. <clears throat> I yeah, I would put peanut butter and chips. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was. Well, it's not that much better, but I would actually make it's as if you're making a quesadilla, but it's peanut butter instead of cheese. Oh, and okay. uh 
like, I'd put it in the toaster oven and make it kind of crispy. Ooh, and uh, fancy. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good snack for somebody who didn't have more than three bucks, you know? Yeah, yeah it'll do. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, well, what, what that has nothing to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I look at life as like a journey, like, you know, part of why I eat meat is because for every fring, single freaking day, I had meat at least twice a day, you know, and I am struggling with it, but I'm struggling with a lot of things. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, look, I'm just going to be gentle with myself, like, I want to take responsibility where I can and this sounds so hypocritical because where I can would just be stop eating meat. Um, right. I can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. Well, you know, no, I know what you mean. I'm the, I'm doing the exact same thing where I go in these sort of waves of, you know, I mean, I've lived with uh, self criticism to the nth degree mm -hmm. for as long as I can remember. And so I, I'm like, I have to fight against myself to stop judging myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's not good for me. And I know that. And it takes work for me just to stay away from that habit. So I'm in the same boat where I'm like, yeah, I do want to stop eating this way or doing this thing or having a terrible sleep habits or whatever. But I got to go easy or I'm, yeah. I'll snap or something. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure what will happen. It feels like you got to go a step at a time. Yeah. I do have to say it's much harder in the Midwest to be vegetarian too. <laughs> For sure. You know, there's yeah. way less good food options. And then also there's just way less options, vegetarian options and options yeah. in general. Yeah. So like even whole foods, like I try to get my meat from whole foods and then they have this rating system. And like, you know, at our whole foods, like there's almost never a rating system where this animal has been treated decently its whole life. Right. Um, I'm not, a. am really not opposed to eating meat. Um, you know, humans aren't created to be definitely just, I'm not a, like, I'm here. So, and I think that there is ways to eat meat that's like, you know, sustainable and healthy and appreciative of that creature. Um, yeah. But do you feel like that way is to, is to do slaughter yourself like to do the all the yeah i think that's kind of the only... you can have the freaking guts to do it yourself in a way also not just slaughter something yourself but like do it in a respectful way you know i yeah. think you really take something to have that but so behavior. definitely well i don't i've never it scares the shit out of me frankly to have to the idea of having to kill and you know gut an animal it's mm -hmm. it's horrifying but when i think about um you know of course if if something has to die i would want it to die humanely and whatever that means i don't think mm. we that all word that well that word has always been funny to me because it's you know with human as the root it's, right. yeah. it's not <laughs> humans are the least humane of all it seems but the thing well, that is interesting to me is when like if you want to do it yourself and do it the best way possible and it makes sense to, you know, uh, give the animal the best possible treatment and all that stuff, that all makes sense to me. But then I think about all the animals in nature who eat each other. Right. Well, what, where's the, where's the, I mean, is there reverence in that? 
or it, or does it even matter? Is there because well, they just go right through the. What are we avoiding? We're avoiding pain and suffering. I'm sorry. Like some of like the biggest, I mean, all the biggest, strongest and most insane growth I've had in my life has been through pain and suffering. Right. I don't know. And I'm not, you know, and I have joked with people. I don't know if I talked to you about this is that like how I want to die is I want a grizzly bear to eat me. Yeah, we did talk about this. Well, I'm still alive. That's fucking horrifying. That's like the scariest way you could possibly and you don't go to the hospital after the words and have to re- like recover for 20 years you know it's yeah. like that you get ripped like, to shreds yeah like to, to have that heightened that might like that much feeling at the moment of your death like yeah i want that i don't know people are like i just want to go in my sleep it's like i don't know like wow we all avoid so strongly any freaking emotion yeah. I don't want to die in my sleep, and it's like, ah, let's go on. Or, or, yeah, and physical pain. Suffer a little bit. We, de- we definitely. Yeah, I'm so grateful for suffering. You know, I'm so grateful that I have suffered through things. You know, and I, I think I am grateful because I've, I, as a social worker, like I have seen so much suffering, and I have seen the, like, unbelievable purity and beauty of resilience like is it resiliency i don't know like resilience my clients wow and how impressed like i'm not impressed by people who this sounds crappy like i'm not really impressed by people who are like oh i built this thing or i went and like went to law school or look at me i made millions of dollars i'm like i don't give a flying fuck you're not interesting to me like when someone can overcome like adversity where like when i hear it i just want to like throw myself off of a building or something, you know, <laughs> that is like where I am. Like, I just want to be like round of a fucking applause, you know, yeah. like, wow. Like that is freaking amazing. I like that. Yeah. There should definitely be much more acknowledgement and honoring of yeah. those sorts of achievements and not the, not the surface ones. Yeah. Well, that's why I think I like working with people who have chronic mental illnesses and chronic health issues and, that's that's really cool i'm very glad there are people like you out there who who want you know that's that's who needs to be doing that work the people who want to do it and feel rewarded by doing it i hope that people can open their eyes a little bit more to like the beauty that that something that's challenging can bring into their lives though too whether it's a relationship with someone with down syndrome or you know not walking across the street when somebody's twitchy is walking by you like and just looking them in the eye and giving them like your humanity you know um, right yeah people are amazing <laughs> people are amazing Thank you.
more? I mean, what what do you think it will take for um, for that to come? That's that level of awareness and humanity to like. What does it take for the individual to get get there? Justin, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't think that I don't think it'll even start to happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to happen. I it's just who I am by whatever reason that happened, you know, whatever developmental thing or genetics I was born with or the combination of it. Like, I just see that. I don't see other things. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I wish it would happen more because these people deserve to live a life where they have more respect and equality. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Breaks my heart, but like, I don't see that happening the way we're going. Yeah. We lack empathy on this planet. Yeah, it seems so. Or we lack, lack the ability to see past the, the names we've given things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, yeah. you know, if you could have, if you could take any of the, of the human moments that you've had that you consider to be, valuable like some some exchange you've had with another human that any one of those is just as feasible with somebody else who doesn't look like you or didn't come from your same background as it is with any i mean we've we've just made up this rule that you know you're only allowed to go so far you're only allowed to stay within these bounds or look at these people and talk to these you know they're all these stupid fucking rules that have kept us from seeing each other yeah you know i think being kinder to each other like yeah it opens it up like i was kind of when you're saying that like i was like oh you know part of i think what's given me more empathy is i've traveled a lot and i've met a lot of different people and and i'm like especially in this weird time of covid or whatever like people are going to maybe have the opportunities of traveling or doing and experiencing things in the way I did. It's like, however, like, I feel like there's travel within kindness because by, by not judging someone in a conversation or like not judging their feelings or their, their crazy ass thoughts or something, you're expanding something. You're opening it up to like, go to that next level. Like, Hey, I don't understand you, but like, that's really interesting. But we so often shut people down or we don't even listen in the first place. We just have a response ready to spit back at you. And it's like the conversation often isn't the point. You know, like this rhetoric that we, you know, picked up from some memes or watched on, you know, CNN or Fox News or whatever. It's like, where did you come from? Like, where, how did you get here? Right. Like, that's, I think, if we were able to kind of like, like lay the surface stuff down and just say like, Oh, like I want to get to know you or, Hey, I know you feel this way. I have a really like unpleasant reaction to that, but like, I want to know more. Like I want to go deeper to see why you feel like that because like racism isn't okay, you know? And like if, or like, however you're feeling, you know, like being a racist person isn't okay. And, and a lot of the times I'm having these conversations and I'm like, you seem racist, but I'm like, but can we talk further about that? Can we get a little deeper? And can we maybe like, I think that's where you can maybe 
change things and not because you're trying to change them, but like maybe by reviewing it and helping people understand themselves better, they'll be able to look in that mirror. Right. Well, you can give them the benefit, the benefit of your life experience and expand their context a bit. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't, maybe like, I really think that for people too, it's like, it is about seeing where they came from. Like, because most people are just like, this is who I am. This is how I feel. I can't change that. And I'm like, no, you can like, you know, and part of that is realizing how you got there. And I think a lot of people, especially in the Midwest, people don't like therapy. Um, <laughs> like they don't ever review themselves and because it's hard and it takes time and it's like, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, I think it's thought of as like a, it's almost like it's weak. Like it's, that's an intellectual pursuit. Yeah. That's not a manly, you know, yeah. that's not what we do here. We got to go, you know, wrestle the, the chickens. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Whatever, whatever, the fuck, <laughs> whatever you're doing you, know, you gotta go shuck some corn uh-huh. um, no i don't mean to belittle an entire uh people or way of life or industry or anything but i i i think it's true there's a lot less self-reflection in places where the you know hard work is a is a higher value mm. and, and the midwest is one of those places for sure harder work not smarter work Right. Yeah. Just work harder. Just, you know, if it's not working, you're, you're not doing it hard enough. Um, yeah, well that, I mean, that is a major problem for humanity in general is the lack of self-reflection and the lack of curiosity about Mm -hmm. one's self. Like what, you know, like what is, what is my own psychological makeup and how did I, how did that happen? But that's super fascinating to me, and I, that's what I spend a lot of my time thinking about. And that's what I love about connecting with other people, you know, people who are willing to look at that stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, as you say, that's where the growth comes from and the learning. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I also feel like a lot of things that we are yearning for and working toward are not going to happen in our lifetime and we still have to keep working for them. You know? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're going to see the end of racism in our lives, but we're at an incredible moment right now where we can do something about it. Yeah. Just like a stepping stone. Yeah. We're setting it up for the next wave for the next generation to do it a little better. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think our duty it should be on some level. If we give a shit about the species, like yeah, well, every other animal on the planet does. Yeah. Know, like we, we would like the rest of our species to do okay so that we all can continue forward, right? I don't so, know that that's who we are, but I hope. We no, are. I think we've lost that. We've lost it. But, but I think it is still available to us. I think we can sure. get back. I just think we need another millennia to do it. Another yeah. millennium. I mean, I think... I hope we haven't turned it up enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but yeah, it looks like something. But I mean, the thing that I keep that, that I'm realizing more and more about all these things that, you know, I've wanted to change and feel a bit hopeless about is that 
uh, what I can do is just do it in my own life and hope that it, you know, it reaches beyond whatever boundaries, you know, I, I just feel like if I can live the way that makes sense to me, even in, even in the midst of all these people who are, you know, doing it wrong by my, by my, uh, reckoning, um, at least then my little mini portion of the world will be a little better. Yeah. I think actions speak much louder than words. Um, you know, you can talk till you're blue in the face or like, you know, read as many little articles about something, but if you're not doing the work and it's not going to change. And especially like with children and stuff, like you can tell them one thing, if you're not doing it, it means nothing. Yeah. It just means that you're a hypocrite. Right. And they can see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish we could all have stayed kids a bit longer and, uh, yeah. you know, develop our brains around some of the core principles that exist in childhood that don't exist anymore in adulthood. Yeah. Because we smashed them out of there. Mm hmm. Well, you know, the constant. You know, I think you get to a certain point in your life and you're quote unquote learning. And then like for the rest of your life, if you're not unlearning all that crap, you're not doing something right. So, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm but trying how's... to get back there all the time. <laughs> but how weird is that, that that's what we've like, that's the pattern we've developed is you have to go super far off course before starting to find your way back. And oh, then maybe if you're lucky, you get to, see some some part of the path that you're supposed to be on before you die well i think that's the pain and suffering part of it maybe i don't know i mean if we but just do, all knew everything and we're enlightened human beings at birth and we kept being that way it would be wonderful actually i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i do think that there's a you know there's like a gradual uplift of the conscious of the of the collective consciousness that is happening in stages, yeah. you know, with individuals and groups sort of expanding their minds into this other way of being and then others following behind, but it takes a long time for it to catch on. And there are all, there are also always forces working against it. Yeah. But what is the alternative? You either give up or you join the enemy. I don't, you know, I don't think either of those sound that great. I think right. we have to stick around and fucking work and do the, yeah. do the work. Yeah. There's always a weird like struggle for me between community and individualism because there's a big part of me who like, I'd be fine with going and living in a forest by myself somewhere, you know, to yeah, yeah. and like not see people ever hardly. And, but then there's this other side of me that is very deeply connected to community. Um, and I, I do see the value of it. And it's shocking to me how people don't really value community. You know, like, I don't want children. I'm never going to have kids. But, like, I very strongly want my tax dollars to go to improve schools. Like, I want, I would love for, you know, mothers to have a year off after they give birth. And I would love for dads to have, like, the same experience. Um, and I would love to pay for that out of my tax dollars or whatever, you know, but I would pay more taxes if that could happen. I think that that would be benefit our community <clears throat> and I'm sure. a million other things, you know, but like, 
so many people are like, well, I don't have kids, so I don't want to pay for it. And it's like, okay. Uh, Okay, I guess, but. Yeah, that mentality has never worked and it never will. It just, it's just, you know, more for me. That's the more for me mentality. But people, I think, so they want to benefit from what community gives, but they're not interested in joining the community in a meaningful way. Right. So they're like, I want to go out to eat. I don't want to wear a mask around. I don't want to, like, I want to go to, you know, Home Depot and I want to buy all this stuff. I want to go to Target and just buy crap. But like, <laughs> I don't want to pay taxes for the roads or I don't want to do this. or I, And it's just like, oh gosh, like, then stay home, Margaret. somewhere around balance you know like like i like there has to be a balance somewhere and it's never going to be perfect it's it's never going to be like sitting spot on all the time but like think deeper than what you're doing it's not instant gratification all the time like you know you have to work towards things and yeah yeah i think that's where as a society we've we've really lost our way because we we made everything so convenient and easy to get and so immediate that now we actually believe we don't have to work to get things you know we should just be able to hit a couple buttons and then it appears in a day yeah well look i'm not opposed to like i think as human beings we have like we have created something that can sustain us in a way where we don't have to work our fingers to the bones you know but like again there has to be an equality there. There has to be like a balance where if you're going to be someone who like, Hey, I'm only going to work three days a week, but I'm still going to be able like, and because of that, I'm going to be able to like raise my family the way I want to. I'm going to be able to like do my self care and, and do the things that I want to do. Like poor people or like, or the, the person in the next neighborhood needs that same thing, you know? Right. I'm just being a socialist really. is what's. <laughs> no, I like it. I mean, we need more socialists. Because we need more community. And if you're not, if you don't care about the person down the street for whatever reason, whether it's their skin color or their religious beliefs or their economical status or whatever, if you've decided that they don't matter to you, that's a problem. That that creates a problem in your own psyche, I think, because, because you're starting to establish these rules to live by that exclude an entire huge portion of the population. Yeah. Because yeah. your brain just automatically does that. It's like, well, if you've already decided that this guy doesn't matter, 
then pretty much anybody who looks or acts like him doesn't matter. Yeah. And well, that's big. I think that like right now, you know, just, you know, the talk about racism or sexism and all these things. And it's like, you know, I'm not looking at white supremacists or whatever thinking like, like definitely they have privilege, they have stolen things, but I'm like, you are not better off because you're doing this. You are right. worse off by alienating a whole group of human beings who are equal to you, who could be bringing so many beautiful things to this world. You know, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just appalling to me. And it's unbelievable that it's like, I, why do I have to explain this to people when I'm, when I'm like, I'm not being, I'm going to be anti-racist. I'm going to stand up against racism. I'm going to like, I'm going to like, you know, talk against your, like your one experience with a black person that you've had in the last three years. <laughs> You know, because, you know, honestly, like if, if that's the way you think, like you're harboring hatred and that's not good for anyone. Right. Like that's a heavy burden to carry. It is. Yeah. I think it's a really important point to, to make, to point out that it's, it's not good for you, the one doing it. Like you, you may think you're, you're getting away with something or you're winning or you're ahead because you don't. Something that has been awarded to you or whatever right right somehow you're it belongs to you because you hit the lottery or whatever but yeah to to make it very clear to the to the perpetrator of those beliefs that they're actually doing damage to themselves that might be the only way to get through to them because they clearly don't care about doing damage to others yeah but our, i mean if that's the case then hopefully they just die off like in my life anyways yeah well one may die off another will be born Mm -hmm. until we can change the the thinking around it yeah true um i mean there's no selective eradication of of you know bad behavior (laughs) well we're going (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i know i you know it's just a feeling yeah i'm with you completely I mean, that's what I, that's, and that's part of the problem is like when you, when you meet somebody who's, who holds that point of view and they elicit that reaction from you where you're just like, oh, well, you just fucking die then or what, you know, like that's not good for you. Then you're harboring hatred because you, you know, you've, because of, I mean, that is, that seems to be how it works. Like one person's, you know, so convinced that this other person isn't worth anything that that person has to just be, be uh, okay. Well then you're not either. Like, I guess I, I guess you win. I hate you too. You know, there's no, <laughs> but that doesn't fix anything. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a big struggle right now. Like, I mean, a struggle with I ha- that I have with like a lot of my, um, you know, birth and extended family is like, do I just throw the baby out with the bathwater because they feel a certain way that I find abhorrent. Right. Or yeah, that's really I, hard when it like do I sit in this pain and struggle with them because I I feel some responsibility, you know. If I just am like screw you guys, I'm done because you know these beliefs or whatever. It's like, well, I I don't know that I'm doing any good. I'm proving them right, like in a way. See that little mm-hmm. bitch over there? She's like she just cho- she chose not. You know, like, I'm like, no, I'd rather sit and have these arguments every single time that I see my family. (laughs) 
I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, 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 like I've been able to grow within that because I can sit there and, you know, I can also, I, I have learned to have like better boundaries with myself. I have learned to be like more calm and relaxed in, in times of very stressful situations. Um, that's great. I think that that's what these things also need is people who can sit and be calm and like, Hey, yeah, you're great at that. That's, that's definitely something that you, that's a skill you bring to the table. That's that's something that I was not good at for 20 to 30 something years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I no, I think that in order for any, sane discussion to to take place around any of these really hard issues that you know you have to remain calm and and just present your point of view and try to help the other person see that there's another way to look at it and that's about all you can do i mean i don't think they're gonna i don't know i mean i my experience in life has been that when there's a little nugget of truth in something that resonates with me i pick it up and it doesn't, you know, I've heard things from unexpected places and people and situations. And mm-hmm. if it's true for me, then I hold on to it. So, and then the change might come years and years later, but at least that little piece of information got in there. But I think you first have to be curious and interested in bettering yourself in order for that to have any kind of impact. Because some people are just convinced they're already right. They're not looking for another opinion. I think a lot of people never have had the opportunity to think the way you and I do. You know, I know like with my dad, who I struggle a lot, a lot of different things and with whom I, I still love him very much too, because he's my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, my dad had no idea how to be emotional. You know, like he, he was raised by these people who, you know, my grandma was a borderline personality and my grandpa was like, you know, he was never around. Like, you know, my grandma, you know, they had seven kids and she's like, he never changed a diaper. So, wow. you know, and so my, I think that I'm kind of, blown, I blow my mind, my dad's mind all the time, not because he likes it, but because he's just like, I, you know, he's never had that experience before of like, exploring emotion or changing who you are changing the way you process emotion or the way you react to feelings right yeah it's kind of a new idea altogether yeah you're right it is (laughs) Um, and it might just come with the luxury of you know having all your needs met you know as a as a as a culture when you get to the point where you can subsist and then yep you know have extra uh you start using the extra for whatever you know all kinds of shit yeah and i try to acknowledge that with my parents too because as much as i may not agree with a lot of the the way they are like i know that when they had us they knew they wanted to have better for us and i would say they did that for all of their kids Mm -hmm. i don't think they understood the ramifications of it (laughs) or really what they were saying, but like, you know, they encouraged all of us to travel. Um, We all got like, you know, we all got degrees. Um, 
we all have higher education, um, which they didn't. Well, my right. dad did, but like, you know, my mom didn't. She she got her degree when she was forty five or something, and um, yeah. So it is. I mean, it is definitely generational in some ways, yeah. and and it's a good thing to remember when you're talking to somebody who just simply never was told that you could think about that stuff. You can't, you actually can change yourself and, you know, yeah. reflect, reflect on your thoughts and behaviors. Yeah. And I'm but, like, well, if I did it, you can do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, but it is, that's a really, that's, I think a lot of people make the mistake of going into conversations, assuming that that is the case, that everybody has already had that revelation right and they, and they just haven't yeah some people haven't even gotten to that to the starting line yet you know they're not well, i think we often judge other people based on our experiences or where we're at in life and i think that that's dangerous too mm -hmm. you know i mean we have to be like always be cognizant of that i mean that's the cool part of being a social worker it's like meet them where they're at that's like a big part of being a social worker is meet your client where they're at and so I'm always thinking, I'm like, hmm, what do I know about this person? Like, like, oh, they're 12? What was I like when I was 12? How was I feeling when I was 12? Like, you know, yeah. and, and then I let it go, too, because this person is their own person. They had their own experiences. They're at their own developmental stage. Um, but that's it. That takes a certain amount of, uh, well, I don't know what. I, I mean, certainly awareness, but. I think, <laughs> it, yeah, and just so, sort of self-control. Like you have to be able to stop the the sort of automatic judgments that fly up from your past. And uh, I mean, it's hard. I'm. I think it's really. I'm not that good at um, meeting people where the, where they are because um, I haven't. I haven't developed that. I, I think I'm really intuitive. And I can, once I meet somebody, I can feel a lot of what's going on with them, even if we're not talking about it. But, um, but I don't, uh, I don't always consider the fact that they didn't come from the same background that I did, where I was given all these amazing gifts and opportunities of, you know, of, of, uh, of self-exploration, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's a, it's a choice. You really have to choose to, and I definitely out. You know, I don't always do it well as a social worker, but like, I definitely don't always bring it home with me. <laughs> yeah. um, it is something you have to be cognizant about, but like, but I think that's, I would love to have that be more of what we do in communication is like step back out of ourselves, you know, let that tension around needing to be heard go and listen. That would be amazing. I think if, yeah, I think if you're somebody who really can truly listen and hear somebody and let go of your need, your need to react, like they'll give that back to you if they're capable of it. Yeah, yeah, it might take a little practice, but I think you're, they'll they'll feel what that's like yeah. to be actually listened to, and then they'll stop having to parade their script. You know, and again, that's depends on the person. For sure. But you got to try. You got to try with everybody who's even a little bit open, I think. Yeah, definitely. And have your boundaries, you know, and let, like if you're doing that constantly for someone, but they're not capable of giving it back, like 
there's nothing wrong with you not giving all your energy to somebody. That totally. Takes a lot. Yeah. No, I think you should try it with everybody and then recognize when it's not working as quickly as possible yeah. and, and either, you know, cut them loose or do whatever you need to do to protect yourself. Yeah. But I think it's a really important thing to do with people like your loved ones, you know, like family. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm talking about too. It's like, you know, to do it with your kids, to do it with your significant other. Absolutely. It's really I important mean, more- for relationships. It's the most important. I mean, if you're not listening to your partner, what, the, where are you going? You're not going <laughs> to, you can't go anywhere together in life if you're not going to listen to each other. Yeah. But how frequently don't we? Like, I mean, if we don't, and then they don't, they don't go anywhere. They stay stagnant, you know, yeah. or they break up. Yeah. Cause, cause how the hell can you be with somebody that isn't even giving you the time of day? It sucks. It feels so shitty. I mean, I've, I've had that issue in relationships before uh, where just, being interrupted or feeling ignored or something is like a, it really hurts because it's coming from this person who I thought was my number one. You know, I thought this is like my, I mean, my kid is number one period, but I mean, in, in relationships, you're kind of supposed to be a team. And uh, if the other person doesn't care what your, your side of the plan is, then it's already a problem and maybe it's over. At least any kind of growth, any opportunity for growth is, yeah, exactly. is done. Yeah. Or maybe it means there's this is just the beginning. I mean, that's a great place to start. Right. Yeah. I don't mean, yeah, it's not like it's, it's, it's only hopeless if that person or those people never plan to change. Like if they never, you know, consider opening up, but that is a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are just not, they're not interested in even having the conversation about having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that'll be a little tough to uh, get through, but I, not everybody's going to come along for the ride. You know, it's some, some people are vibrating at a lower level of consciousness and they're keeping themselves there for whatever reason yeah. or something, something's keeping them there. Yep. Yeah. And you gotta let go of that. You know, I mean, at, the only thing you control on this planet really is yourself. So, like, that's been a big practice for me as a social worker, too. Like, a lot of my clients are, like, you know, they'll, like, phase out or whatever. And I'm, like, ugh, like, I want to help them more. I'm, like, nope, this is their life. This is just, I'm just a little blip on their journey. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's tough. You have to you have to be willing to lose a few in your yeah. attempts to reach everyone. Yeah, but that's, uh, you know... But my attempt isn't to reach everyone. Mine is my attempt is also to have like formulate my own life here, and like that's how I view relationships too. Is that like just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it's a failure? Yeah, I've always felt that way too. Yeah, it's like you know I look you know at the beginning you asked me if I like keep in touch with anyone in high school and I, or grade school and I'm like no I don't. I don't regret that at all. Uh-huh. they were what they were when they were and they ended for a reason and I'm happy to move on without it. And I, and I wish them all well. Like I don't, I can't actually think of anyone where I'm like, I hated that person or I'm just like, no, we just, we went on different paths. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, I love that. Like I love the idea of like being on a path someone with someone and being like, Hey, this is it. Shake hands and be like, I'll see you later. Good luck, man. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. 
No, I don't think so. I mean, it happens all the time. We're we're coming in and out of each other's lives, and yeah, but we're so sometimes... hard on each other for being like, oh, that person, like you know, we you were in this relationship for so long. Why didn't it last? What's wrong with me? And it's like, right. You know, yeah, maybe there's some self reflection to have, but like then you have to say, like, look, that was part of who I am. Like, I appreciate that person, and I like I like think of all my past relationships, and like some of them are horrible, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I'm like, you know, maybe except for one, I wish, I wish, you know, like he'd fall into a pit and die, but like (laughs) (laughs) pit pit full of spikes. More like like hopefully, I don't know, something goofy will happen, like a, you know, a rain cloud follows him around all day or something, but like, um, (laughs) but like less violent, but still exactly. I don't actually want him to die, but like, you know, what you want is for him to wake up really. Right. Yeah. But that won't happen. He, is like a personality problem well it's rain cloud then i wish you know but again it's like i don't look at that person and think like this is i look at that and think like shit something happened to him where like on his path like someone threw him so off course that like he can't turn around or he's so lost that you know the path will never be found in his lifetime and that sucks um yeah but all everyone i'm like you know i look at it, i'm like i hope they're well like i hope they're happy i'm not jealous i'm not mad at it it's like that was beautiful it was great and and i'm happy with who i am so well i think that's what that's the bottom line like that's what the only way you can you are able to let go of that other stuff or what like other people's impact on you is to be okay with yourself. Yeah. Okay. I have to move the computer again because Murphy needs to get back on the bed. Okay. FYI. Thanks for warning me. Yeah. She won't go up the stairs that I bought her. She'll go down the stairs I bought her, but not up the stairs. But she can still jump or do you have to lift her? Well, the bed's too high for her to jump up on it. Um, okay. But I got her stairs. So now she'll, she'll like get off and go to the bathroom or whatever and come back and like bark at me until I pick her up. Okay. I see. Whatever time of day. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. She's getting geriatric, so she's got a pee during the night all the time. <laughs> and is it always you that takes her out? Oh yeah, Robin can't touch her. Oh really? Yeah. Still. Still. There's still no. Wow. Bite the shit out of him. Holy crap. It's nice. Well. Sometimes if Robin's there and he'll try to pick her up, she'll run into the into the closet and then she won't sleep with me, which is like a little bit of a break actually. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, she's awful. <laughs> but I love her. And she just bit me. She just bit me. <laughs> oh, shit. What, what were you doing? Just petting her? Petting her.
I, I don't know. Is anyone like good right now? It's strange. I don't feel like anyone. I don't know how you could be unless you're. Uh, I don't know. Soulless. I'm like good. Like, I'm like I'm good, but then I also feel like I'm like ah! like that. Right. That's the the good part. Like ah! I'm like, and for you're, a better word, like hysterical kind of. You're you know? you're good. You're good in the way that Daffy Duck is good. Sometimes. Yeah, like ah! like, ah! like, ah! like I'm losing it. Right. True, but yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, no. I, but it, are you strong enough to hold on? Yeah, I'm not. I don't see myself going anywhere, hopefully. Um, no, I, yeah, I feel like pretty resilient. You know, I, I, I sometimes I'll have anxiety or anxiety attacks and I'm like, look, Dana, like you can work this out. Like I still, I'm such a privileged person on top of like, I, you know, I have a degree and I have like all my faculties and I have worked so hard on myself. So like, even if I had to like, like if, if I lost my house or something like that, you know, I have so many supportive people in my life and I am a very competent person. So, you know, you're going to land on your feet. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll, I, yeah. I feel comfortable that I will be able to make the decisions that I need to make to figure stuff out. That's good. That's a good place to be. Especially when the future seems either bleak or just too uh mysterious to get a grip on yeah it's weird thinking this whole time I'm, i've always been like oh like you know i'm I'm thinking a lot about the future of like what it might be and i'm like i don't freaking know who knows who nobody knows? does right now and yeah, we're here yeah. we're here to learn what the future is yeah and like really my whole life has just been living in the moment yeah so why not just keep on living in the moment I think it's a good move. Yeah. You know, I am very fortunate. That's how I feel. I like, I'm like, I, I have food on the table. I have, you know, my health, like I have the people in my life have their health. Um, gosh, I mean, especially being in Detroit where so many people have lost loved ones. Like I feel really lucky. Yeah. So as much as there's this global stress and anxiety, like I'm, I'm doing real well. I mean, you know, just like my white privileged self has been this whole time. (laughs) Sliding by. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm sure we'll, you have a little, uh, guilt and shame to work through like I do around that. Although maybe you don't. Yeah. I don't know how much you internalize that stuff. I, I have a hard time not internalizing everything that everybody's done wrong. Yeah. I mean, this has been a long journey for me so far with all of this. Um, uh, uh, it's more of like a, a feeling of like reciprocity that I want to happen within myself and within my white brethren. Mm-hmm. brethren. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, but again, it's like, it's healing for all, you know, I, I, you know, I, I have very, I think, liberal views on what we should be doing to kind of figure out what that reciprocity is. And it's probably not super, like, um, popular opinion. <laughs> What's but, your opinion? Can you summarize it well, briefly? I mean, or? No, I don't think I could. I mean, it's so across the board. I mean, it's within ourselves, but it's also like, you know, we never gave, um, oh my God, 
not reciprocity, but um, reparations. Reparations to to people who, I mean, really, let's just give them to anyone who's black who lives in the United States at this point. And all First Nations people. And all First, we yeah, that's even more. I feel like that's even deeper. Well, the crazy thing about. I mean, that, people talk about genocides and the worst ones and go by numbers and whatever, you know, and it's always the Holocaust that gets the most attention. But does anybody want to talk about the 150 million Native Americans that were killed? I mean, is that not a genocide? They're all different tribes, but they're a, a people. They were a, a Native race, an indigenous people that were, but that's, and nobody fucking talks about it. It's not like between Germany and the United States. Like Germans are not proud of their heritage. They're not like no. hey, German pride. They're ashamed. Like shame is okay if you did something horrible. Guilt right. is okay if you did something that you should feel guilty about. Yeah, they're meant to be signposts. They're the United to- States skips something. You know, it's like. We, you know, we're not even to the step of like, uh, of reparations because we still have to admit what we've done wrong. Like, you know, we need to have some consequences and like we, like as white people, I really think that we need to like pay for what we've done. And I mean, like monetarily. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the only, uh, that, well, we, we need to pay in. We need to change it. That's the, the you know, need to change the way we've been doing things. And we also have to. And then we also need to change the system. Yeah. But the problem is, is that people aren't even on board with that at all. Like, no, there's still so like, much. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine the way it is. It's not a big deal. Like, like, what? Yeah. what? Well, denial is a powerful, uh, powerful Sure. elixir oh i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah people can live with all kinds of lies it's kind of amazing <laughs> um well you. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you uh that's on your mind or anything yeah eh. not really nothing we covered a lot i mean yeah like, we did lots of things are on my mind but i mean <laughs> anything you feel like talking about no no we, we cover a lot of fun stuff yeah i agree well thanks so much for uh for being willing and sharing your your view yeah thanks for, for chatting with me it's been enjoyable super enjoyable oh good awesome well i hope we get to see each other again someday yeah one day not soon yeah. probably but probably not unless yeah. unless you got a road trip planned no i should don't yeah, me neither. I but I want to walk across the state of Michigan in the fall. I think you are mm-hmm, with my friend. That would be awesome. The one that you walk around Detroit with. Yeah, my grandma did it for her 60th birthday. She walked like, across Michigan. Yeah, with her dog. Holy shit! Yeah, so I'm like, if she did it on her 60th, I can do it now. I'm not even 40. That's amazing. Yeah. Where did she walk from? Skoda to Empire. Holy shit. So the north, the like way, way across the. Yeah, from like the east to the west. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like right in like the nook of the thumb all the way up to Empire. Up to the pinky. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let me know if that happens. I will. Uh, that, that sounds like a great adventure. Yeah. I'm but don't, sure. you know, you got to watch out for bears. There are no grizzlies there, though. No. Just It'll black be- bears. Yeah, I'll be fine. We got some. Mm-hmm. I have. 
some mace. <laughs> okay. It's actually like grizzly bear mace, so it'll be fine. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dana. It's great talking to you. Thanks, you too. Give my love to your family. I will, and they send their love too. Oh, good. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's my friend Dana. Thank you, Dana. Um, I want to give thanks. I want to start expressing gratitude again publicly, out loud. I need to, I need to hear it to believe it. <laughs> uh, so my gratitude this week is for, well, my daughter, my daughter's health, my daughter's um, beauty of spirit. She is the sweetest flipping kid on the planet. I'll fight anybody who thinks otherwise. Um, and you might wonder if you're a long time listener or even a short time listener, you might wonder why I don't talk about her much here. The reason is that I'd like to protect, uh, whatever tiny shred of privacy she has left in this world we live in. So, um, I talk about her sort of abstractly, uh, and occasionally, and I talk about being a parent and things like that, but for all who wonder, and even if you don't, now I'm going to answer the question, uh, I love that kid so gosh darn much that it's just stupid. It's ridiculous, and um, it can't be compared to anything, So, it, and it can't be expressed accurately or effectively or even come close with language but uh anyway if you know you know and uh so yeah I don't talk about her but I think about her constantly and I love her dearly and I'm just telling you this because I'm grateful that I get to be her dad um as hard as it can be sometimes it's good work for me it's good for the planet to care that much about somebody and learn what it's like to, uh, to, uh, make sacrifices and to give without hope of receiving and all these other amazing virtues that come out of it. So very grateful for that. Thank you, my dear love, lovely light of my life. Um, and lastly, for now, I want to be thankful. I want to express gratitude for, the people who are out in the streets or behind the scenes or in whatever way fighting for justice and for the rights of those who do not receive them in this country and everywhere. Uh, people who fight for oppressed people. That's who I'm thankful for. And uh, I try to be one of them myself. I don't always measure up to my own standard of what I think I could be doing and then I feel guilty for that and then I try to kick myself in the butt to do a little better and then, then I do a little better and then sometimes I do a little worse and kick myself again and you probably know the score um, but anyway right now it's a really crucial time we have a chance to rip open this idiotic uh, culture we've 
created and make something new out of it. And I say, it's time. It's over. It's overdue. It's time to get rid of what doesn't matter and focus on what does. And more than anything else, that is love and loving one another and being kind. And let's try to do that. All right. I love you, my friends. Talk to you soon. Bye.